Thank you for tuning in to our podcast recorded live each week. Now sit back and enjoy the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Tighten your life vests, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Good morning, Chattanooga area, and the interweb, in the world, since we have a New Zealand listener. Hello, Mr. New Zealand. I love the internet. I'm talking to the world. You're mass communicating. Mass communicating. How are you, Professor Trout? I am doing oh, sorry. Well. I'll answer to either. I'm doing pretty well this morning. How are you doing? Other than it's the opening day of deer season in the great state of Tennessee, and it's hotter than Hades here. Oh, it passed Hades by like 20 <sighs> degrees ago. It, it, is, it is ungodly hot. If you have any kind of religious leanings at all and don't want to go to hell, just be in Chattanooga in September. Oh, my God. What is the deal? I have no idea. I think it's some sort of weird high-pressure system that's... The Pacific Northwest is getting, like, snow and stuff like that, and we're getting record temperatures being set through Alabama, Georgia. 130-year-old records, and they're falling. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, there's a lot of people going out deer hunting today in, in Tennessee, and it's like, wow. I don't want to hear anybody else complain about the velvet season. For all you people that are going hunting today, <laughs> do not ever say anything else about the velvet season again. Your rights have been revoked. Uh, let's see here. Today's projected temperature is 94 degrees with a four-mile-an-hour wind. Um, sunrise is at 733. First light is at 707. So 733 is official sunrise time. For 733, so 653? Yep. So you, you, gentlemen, you ladies and gentlemen out in the woods today looking for your deer with a... Stick and a string. Good luck to you. Drink water. Lots of water. Absolutely. Lots of water. Um, yeah, it's. We've got our uh, our Quail Forever banquet tonight at Holland, and I mean, of course, we set this several months ago and didn't think about you know, a hundred degree weather in September. So we're actually we're actually renting air conditioners to bring in. Thank goodness. Uh, so it's crazy, 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 crazy stuff. Oh goodness. Yeah, the heat doesn't look like it's going to break until next Sunday, which where it will be 83 with a low of 62 projected. Now, bear in mind, this is a weather forecast, so... Yeah, it's wrong. Probably. It'll probably be, you know, 183. I feel, I feel bad for um, my, my, my yard men. They sent me a message last night. We're going to cut sometime tomorrow, and I said, I don't think there's anything to cut. Let me check when I get home. You just want to stir I, up the dirt? I sent them a text. Uh, no need to cut grass today. So. <laughs> They're just going to mow the dirt because yeah. it's been so dry. Did you get any rain out of that storm last night? It thundered and lightninged and no. lightning and thundered. and I didn't get anything. Did not. Um, nothing. So. so if you're going to be out in the woods today, be careful. <laughs> you're going to be loud. <laughs> crunch, 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 crunch. Yep, as you walk through God, can you imagine what squirrels would sound like today? <laughs> well, if you want to know, just stick me in a tree stand, and I'll guarantee you I can record at least 50 to 100 of the things because you know me, I'm a squirrel magnet for some odd reason. 
So it's going to be one of those days. Yeah. And uh, if you are headed to the woods, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, again, this is the deer moving. The uh, dove season is opening back up again? No, it's still open. Okay. Uh, it may close tomorrow. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And then it opens back up a little bit later. Cuts yeah. off for a few weeks and then opens back up. But no, it's still open now. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Well, you had a big week. Really? You did. Okay. I saw you on the, I saw you on the news. On the news? I saw you on the news. I can read all about it or or do you want to actually read your quote you read the article and read your own quotes <laughs> Tony Sanders was quoted as saying. <laughs> that would be funny. We had a great event. Um about a year ago maybe. Uh TWRA and um Hickson High School entered into an agreement, uh, a memo of understanding mm-hmm. uh, with the Hickson High School Future Farmers of America, and um, they are helping us on our uh, North Chickamauga WMA, which borders their school, and they're learning all kinds of things. Right now, they're learning land management and things like that. They're also learning about pollinators and different things, and so it's really just kind of a, a win-win-win, as I said, and that was one of the things I was quoted as saying, because the uh, the, the school youngsters and late young men and women, uh, a lot of women in the Future Farmers of America, uh, they are learning about all kinds of things related to land management and grow, growing things. We are helping them from the standpoint of not only giving them access to land, but we're also working with them. Our, our wildlife people, Greg Ashley in particular, and some of the technicians are all working with them to help them, uh, which is giving them experience. Uh, the the young man, I think his name was Trevor, I believe, that is the the president, uh, says he wants to go into wildlife management. Mm-hmm. And so that's a win that was that wasn't even one of the three wins I was talking about. So it's a win, 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 win. Yeah, because uh, this is a what a what a way for a young person to be introduced to the world of wildlife. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, uh, the WMA is is winning. So we TWRA because we're getting people to help us with our our WMA, which we turn around. Here's another win. We turn around and log those volunteer hours and give send it to the federal government, and they send us Pittman Robinson money for volunteer work, mm-hmm. kind of the same way that Hunter Education instructors get money coming into the state. Right. Uh, so there's a fourth, fifth win, fifth win. I'm up to five. All right. Um, but the hunters and the wildlife win, because that's a very used WMA. So there's a lot of um, a lot of hunters use that area. And with the work that the, the young people are doing, it's benefiting the wildlife as well. So the hunters are winning. And the fisherman who fished that creek that pretty much borders that whole thing, which is me, that's one of my favorite places to fish. So mm-hmm. good land practices mean less siltation in the water, which means better fishing. So we've got a sixth win in all the land. This is just a win all the way around. That's huge. Yeah. So of, it, was a, it was a great day. Um, uh, somebody was kind of laughing because uh, I think Richard Sims, if, if I could find his quote, I, I, I got tickled. He says, if you measure the importance of event based on the number of politicians in 
the room. This was a really big event. Yeah, there you go. Um, a state senator, a state representative, a state wildlife commissioner, a county mayor, a county commissioner, school board officials, and several top state wildlife managers, managers all gathered at Hickson High School for this event. Yes. Uh, now, the reason a lot of them were there, the county mayor, the state representative, uh, the county commissioner, they're all graduates of Hickson High School. So it was easy to get them there. Uh, Marty Haynes was there, who was a assessor of property, graduate of Hickson High School. Um, there were so there was there was a lot of people that so it was easy to get out everybody there. Senator Watson was there. Uh, now, just to tell you how how important Bo thought it was, uh, I didn't know this. I had talked to Bo about the event. He said, "Yep, I'll be there. Be glad to." Uh, I was going to have him speak because he represents that area. He drove from Nashville to Chattanooga for the event and turned around and drove back to Nashville after the event. He said it was that. Matter of fact, I, I texted him afterwards and I said, thanks for coming. I didn't realize you were driving in. I said, that was, that was really uh, oh, yeah. very appreciative. No doubt. And, and his response was very simple. It's kind of the same thing he said when, uh, when, he, um, when he spoke. He said, this is a big deal. So, and that's right here in Hickson, Tennessee. Yeah, let's go to the. You didn't let me know somebody's on the phone. I didn't see somebody's on the phone because I can't see the screen. Hey, Keith, how are you? Hello? A month or two ago about the deer population. Hey, and, uh, Keith, hey Keith, can you... As a person Keith, who's Keith, had his Keith, third car... Keith, Keith can you start over? Uh, there was a technical issue. I didn't hear the first part. Uh, well, I called you a couple of months ago about the deer population, how I think we're overpopulated. Yes. Well, as someone who's had his third car destroyed as of Friday by another deer, I want to encourage everyone to go out <laughs> and kill their limit today. All of them, right today. Uh, you're yes. right. This is a. And this is a. This is. This is something, Tony, that I really believe. You're talking about wildlife management. I really believe we have let these deer get overpopulated. And that there needs to be more honey going on. Increase the season if we don't have the hunters out there to take care of the overpopulation that we're dealing with. Well, the and and here and I don't I don't I, don't, I encourage more hunters. Well, the problem is is we're losing hunters now. Let me say something. The Tennessee deer season is extremely liberal from the standpoint of the number of deer you can take and the amount of deer you can take. Right, but. Only about two percent of the people hit the max. Right. Ninety-eight percent of the people don't ever even come close to killing their limit, and and that's the problem. We got to get more people out there. Uh, but I mean, our deer season runs from today until the second Saturday of January. Right. Uh, and you know, and you're right. There's, I mean, I was telling Rob today, it was like driving through a daggum zoo to get here. Because uh, there was a right in Hickson, over near Bethel, uh, there were nine deer in a herd standing about four feet from the road. Three of them, right. hu huge bucks. Right. Well, now this one, this one was probably. I mean, he didn't have a good rack, but I mean, he had probably two points. Right. Well, I'm figuring, you know, he's probably two years old, something like that. Sure. But 
I mean, literally, I mean, it destroyed my son's car. I mean, just right there on the interstate in between uh, the Love's exit on uh, 75 going south, you know, in between Charleston and Cleveland. And like you said, there's a herd of deer that stay right in there that's probably nine or ten deep. And I counted three just last week laying on the side of the road that somebody had hit. And I'm like, you know, this is... This it, is getting way, way out of control. It is. It's it's literally billions of dollars of damage every year caused by deer. And, I mean, is there not something that, I mean, you know, like you said, there's not a lot of people out there hunting, but, I mean, I think really PWRA needs to be kind of proactive on this, and, and if people aren't hunting them, we need to kind of thin this herd out. Well, I will definitely bring that up. To the uh, to the to the deer biologist, that's because just like you said, you know the the dove season starts and it ends and it starts and it ends. You know, I haven't seen many dove that are destroying vehicles. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> I, got a, I got a small car. You, 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 I don't know if a dove hit my windshield. I'm not too sure on that one. But, well, I, this was a '98 Altima, and like I said, the front end of this car is completely gone. Mm. Well, I'm sure. Just from a deer. I'm I'm hoping your son is okay. He is good. The deer's dead and the car is dead, but the boy is okay. Good. That's all good. that matters. Well, I tell you what, I will. I'll sit down and talk with our our deer people because uh, you're not the first person that has has brought this up and uh, kind of get their thoughts on it, and and I'll bring it back as soon as I can talk to them. All Thanks, right. Tony. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Good point. Good point. And you know. In other places in Tennessee, you can take more deer, so maybe they need to look. You know, it's all based on biology. So it is, um, but I—I I mean, it's, this is part of that coexistence we got to come up with. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That is more than the catchy jingle when it describes State Farm agent Rodney Allen. For over 20 years, Rodney and his team of professionals have been taking care of our family's insurance needs. Whether it's home, auto, life, or insurance, or your outdoor toys, whatever it is, Rodney Allen and State Farm can handle these needs. Don't forget your banking and financial needs as well. Reach Rodney Allen and his staff at 423-847-3881. Again, that's 423-847-3881. And invest a few minutes of your time to deal with a financial professional and his staff. Rodney Allen, State Farm. Sports' Warehouse has always supported the Chattanooga community and all the local conservation groups, wild game dinners, youth events, and much, much more. Please go and see them today at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Because whatever you need, whether it's camping, fishing, hiking, or hunting, whatever you need for your outdoor adventures, you can get it at Sportsman's Warehouse. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Check them out at sportsmans.com. Sportsman's Warehouse, located at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Babies Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Babies have years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. It's above the mantle, on a couple rusty nails. 
And it's worth a bunch of money. I may have to refund them on that commercial because it was really bad. I was looking at my winning bids when I started it. <laughs> well, you were excited about being a part of Compass Auction. I mean, that that's a commercial in itself right there. Yeah. All right, coming to the phones, Richard, how you doing? Hey, good morning, fellas. Good morning. I just got the tail end of that last, con- that last caller, and you said that 2% of Tennessee hunters fill their limits yeah. here. Is that- yeah, it's something like that. It's very small. You're, you're talking about... Statewide or yes, well, so there's there's a hunter out there in Tennessee that kills three antlerless deer a day. Well, no, 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 no. Good point. Um, they, I forgot exactly what the, the, they said. A number that they look at, uh, and that's where that number came from. And obviously, it's more it's more driven by the the buck side of it. Uh, but they do look at, like over here in Hampton County uh, or, or in East Tennessee, the counties have, you can kill one, two, whatever. Uh, so they do look at all of that. But when you get into the unlimited deer in West Tennessee, no, they, they discount that. Yeah, it's it's basically four does during the bow season. Right. Two bucks, two bucks no matter how you slice it, unless you have a quota hunt, a drawn hunt, Correct. bonus deer, right. and then three antlers a day in Middle Tennessee and West Tennessee. In fact, there's even some chronic wasting disease counties that allow you to earn a buck Correct. by killing so many does and turning them in and some other stuff. But yeah, you can kill, I don't think there's any way in the world you can kill, I'd like to meet a person that would kill 30 deer or <laughs> I know they when they when they do parasite studies, TWRA will kill you know a, a dump truck full of deer to get the parasite intestinal studies. And, right. But anyway, that's really not what I called about. What I what I wanted to talk to you about was your opinion on and your ideas about this new cell phone trail cam technology. I apologize if this has already been beat to death. I, I don't have a clue. But what are your thoughts on that? And um, and what do you think about the advantages or disadvantages to having that technology available to you as a hunter? You know, and, and, I, and I often wonder... You know, because there's, you cannot use electronic means to gain an advantage over the animals. Uh, and I have never, you know, that's a great question. I've never asked our law enforcement if if that's considered an electronic advantage because I could have the cellular cameras around and see where the deer are and move to get them. Uh, you know, this technology has been around a while. I actually bought my first one probably about 10 years ago, uh, but I never used it during the season per se as much as using it preseason to kind of get an idea to save me from driving up there uh, to pull the, the cards out of the camera. Uh, but, you know, I hadn't thought about it. I know you can't use a drone because we've actually uh, addressed that uh, to gain an advantage. But this would give you an advantage if you had enough money to do it. Because I, if, I well, if, I if I had 
10 acres um, and I could have cameras around in enough spots, I could see where the animals are at any given time and and move. That's, that's very true. Uh, the, the, yeah, I, I agree that with, with that. Um, I don't know about a, from a legal perspective, but from a fair chase perspective, I think it definitely draws a line in the sand. In fact, did you did you ever study up on or or read up on much about the uh, Tucker Buck? I did not. Did you? Are you aware of any of the Tucker Buck or any of the predecessors to the Tucker Buck, any of the Boone and Crockett uh, records, especially in the world record class, what they, what Bass Pro Shop paid for their rights and uh, purchased the rights from the hunters? Are you are you aware of the kind of money involved with those kind of world record deer? No, actually, is it is it pretty staggering? Yes. It's staggering. Uh, for uh, it, it, it's this is not documented, but this is from a fairly reliable source that sure. the the, right, the rights to the Tucker Buck were bought by purchased by Bass Pro Shop uh, at the time that, after he was established as um, as the world record officially uh, panel scored and established as the world record. I think the rights were sold by or bought by Bass Pro Shop for a half a million dollars. Wow. And he, he, of course, was given a replica. I don't know that for certain if that's true, and I'm not, I do not believe that that's approved by Boone and Crockett. I don't, I don't think that they encourage in any way, shape, or form the sale of any uh, antlers for any price. Right. But, um, and I don't think Tucker Buck. I think I don't think the the new pending world record has been panel scored yet. But um, I do know that a a guy uh, who, who uh, he killed a fifty one point buck in the same county, I believe, as the Tucker Buck several years ago. Um, I think in '06, and that buck I've got from a even more reliable source was sold to Bass Pro Shop. He was a state record for twenty thousand dollars. So there's a lot of money at stake here. Yeah, there is for these for these animals. But here's the big but: according to Boone and Crockett, Hope and Young Fair Chase rules, which no one cares about Boone and Crockett, and no one cares about Hope and Young until they kill. A record, yeah. So they have it, yeah, a giant deer laying at their feet. But the reality is that you have to sign an affidavit when you submit a score. Right. And unless you want to perjure yourself, if you use a cell phone trail cam, right. at the, the moment that that animal's image is captured and sent to your phone or home computer or whatever, be a cell phone, it becomes ineligible for Boone and Crockett or Pope and Young. Okay. So it doesn't matter if it's out west or 
in southeast, if it's been captured by a cell phone, that is deemed as non-fair chase. Now, is that and on is that on the same day of the harvest, or is that just in general? Any, it, as soon as that animal is captured, it doesn't matter when it was captured. If it was captured the year before, right? If it's a identifiable animal, if that cell phone technology allows you to have an advantage on harvesting that animal, then it becomes ineligible. Okay. I'm going so, to that's check that's not into legal. That, yeah. That's not a legal issue. That's a fair chase issue. No, and I understand, and, and, and a lot of our, our, our legal rulings are based on fair chase as well. And uh, But you brought up some questions. I'm going to do a little bit of research on that. That's pretty interesting. Well, I appreciate your show. And Thank you, Rick. Enjoy talking to you. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Have a have a great opening day. You got it. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. David, how are you? Good morning, gentlemen. You're Rover Reporter calling in from right outside of Plains, Georgia, Jimmy <laughs> Carter country. Well, tell Jimmy I said hello. And Roswell. Yeah, I, I just saw the Bank of Plains there. They've got a big billboard out front, and their mortgage rates are down to 179 <laughs> and uh, gas was only four dollars and sixteen cents a gallon, but it's limited to ten gallon. So you know, things are, <laughs> things are still the same in Peanutville. That's funny. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, listen. The, the fellow talk, uh, talked to earlier about the uh, deer population. I, I think a lot of the problem is, and I, you know, of course you've seen some pictures. I've killed some very very nice deer, but I'm not a trophy hunter. I think that's one of the biggest issues. Everybody gets in the woods, and that they'll. They'll set days and days and weeks and weeks waiting on a trophy, and I, I'm a freezer hunter. I, sure. If we had if we had more people out there that would go ahead and take a few does off the their lease or wherever it is they hunt, then some of these rascals out, and it would help. But you know, I, I mean, I know personally people that hunt the entire season. I'll say, you didn't get anything? No, no, I was waiting on that one I saw. You know, blah blah blah. And I'm thinking, well, did you see any does? Oh, Lord, yeah, fifteen a day. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I can assure so, you, the does do a lot of damage to cars too. Oh yeah, and I think. It, oh yeah, I think part of it's a progression of. I mean, if you stop and think about it, a progression of hunter. You, you when you first go hunting, you want to get a deer, then you want to get a big buck, then you at, after you become a a hunter for many years, anything you know, you just want to fill the freezer. I think that's a progression of how people enter the sport. And I know people yeah. that hunt that don't eat the meat. Yeah, well, that, yeah. there's another thing too, though. These guys that are in, that their lease is just like up around Charleston, up in that area, all that old low water property, most right. of it's leased. Well, if they've got an abundance of deer, uh, hunters for the hungry will take them. I mean, come on. Sure. You know, go ahead and do some thinning on these things, and you go ahead and do your trophy hunting later. Uh, like I say, I've, I've killed some very nice deer, and it's not because I was hunting that deer. It's because he just happened to walk by at the wrong time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't absolutely. actually hunting that deer. I was just deer hunting. Looking sure. for a deer to shoot, put in the freezer. Absolutely. I don't know. I Good think point, if, dude. some of these guys had fenced some more of these, we'd be better off. Absolutely. We at least the cars would be better off. No doubt. Oh yeah, yeah. Well looking forward to uh I've got a Thursday, Friday, Saturday Prentice Cooper hunt and I think uh plenty of sunscreen, I should be okay. Yeah. And then of course the the weekend after that, guys, are you gonna be guiding or both of you or what are we doing? Rob is guiding, I will not be. Uh, but Rob will be guiding. 
you'll be making an appearance, I suppose. I will show up at some point. Yes, absolutely. Good deal. Looking well, forward. Looking forward to that. Taking care of breakfast Monday and Tuesday, so we're looking forward to getting involved in it. That's awesome. Looking uh, forward yeah, to seeing you out there, David. Do what? I said, looking forward to seeing you out there. We'll see you soon, and uh, good luck to all the hunters this morning. Just thin them out, guys. Put them in the freezer. There you go. David, thank all you, right, man. We'll talk to you soon. See you. All right, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Reverend Reporter from Plains, Georgia today. Lots of good calls already this morning. Absolutely. Show prep. Who needs it? I've only got 17 pages of it. Yeah, why not? We'll be right back. Since Tony Sanders Outdoors came on the air, Sportsman's Warehouse has been one of our premier sponsors as they were the first and longest-lasting large retailer in our area. They are your one-stop source for hunting and fishing equipment, firearms and supplies, camping, boating, outdoor clothing, and so much more. There are two differences about Sportsman's Warehouse, their people and their support of the conservation efforts that matter to you. No other retailer in our area supports locally like Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors, Highway 153 and Lee Highway. One of your biggest challenges in retirement is generating income. Learn five simple ways that you can boost your income that are often ignored. Don't miss One Family Financial, Saturday at noon on Talk Radio 102.3 FM, The Talk Monster. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Welcome back to Tony Sanders Outdoors. Glad you joined us. Grab a cup of coffee or give us a phone call this morning. Let us know if you're headed out to the woods this morning or even the water. So Richard brought up a good question. Where is the limit on fair chase? According to him, Mm -hmm. and I have no reason to think that he's wrong. He sounded actually more intelligent than you or I for sure. Oh, yeah. Once that, I, I don't understand. Once that buck is captured on a cell phone, no longer qualifies as Ben Crockett. I don't get that. I could understand if it's captured on the day of harvest, that would make sense. But if I captured, he said captured last year, it's no longer. Mm-hmm. Okay. But how's that? How's that any different than me walking out there and pulling out a SIM card out of a, a camera and uploading it to my computer? It's not in my mind. So, yeah. I, and I'm not going to debate that, but I do think that we are getting advantages over, um, we can get advantages over wildlife. We already don't allow you to, um, what, shoot from a car. Correct. Okay. And you can argue safety, whatever, but it's also not giving you an advantage driving around the road looking. Because I remember the first time I went pheasant hunting in South Dakota, Hunting from a car is perfectly legal up there. For pheasant. For pheasant. Right. And so you'd drive down the road, you would see a pheasant, or you'd come to an intersection, a four-way stop, or actually there's not many stop signs out there, but you'd you'd come to an intersection, get out, 
have your dog work the corners, get back in the car, and go to the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Alaska, uh, for big game, you cannot um, fly and hunt on the same day. Right, right. Because you don't want to get an advantage. Right. So, And I believe for grouse in Maine, you can drive, but w- once you spot the grouse, you have to exit your vehicle, load your gun, because you can't have a loaded gun. There's all these other rules, you know, very similar to our not shooting from the road here. But, you know, what about... What about a phone call from a farmer? Hey, that big buck you're looking for, is that an advantage? Because you've used technology to inform a hunter where, I mean, if I call you, I've got a property, and I say, there's a big 10-point on the west side of the field. You need to come out here and hunt. And then you drive out there. You legally get out of your car. You hike a mile in or however long it is. But I've informed you via technology. And I've been told you couldn't use, and I've been told you can't use, I can't, like sitting at a, uh, in uh, where we used to hunt. Yeah. All right. You're in one blind. I'm in another. Hey, there's a there's a buck coming over the hill. Get ready. Now, am, am I getting an advantage by calling you or doing using a radio to do that? I don't know. Yeah. All right. It's interesting. Hey, Richard. Hey, Tony and uh, Rob. I <laughs> I was I've only got probably another few miles, and then I'll be out of range of your radios. But I did hear you uh, bring up. You know, you didn't understand the ruling. Well, I was in Missoula, Montana at Boone and Crockett headquarters a few years ago and participated in a lively discussion about this very topic. Yep. In fact, there were there were there were three topics discussed. One of them was trail cams in general. Okay. The second one was the linked trail cameras, which is a different topic. Right. And and the, which you know you can take a you can take a series of linked trail cameras, but the one at uh, basically for for purposes of illustration, you can put the, the the main receiver at say the parking lot, and then you can string them out for about a mile out right. through the woods. Right. And there's been a lot of discussion about fair chase with those cameras because there's there's you still have to check the SD card. And as far as I know, don't quote me on this. I'm not 100% sure on this, uh, but I think they're eligible for oh. the book. Okay. But the third is the self camera. And the whole gist of this, it, it, this was a very lively discussion with about 22 people. Okay. And the president, and the, president the secretary of the Benny Crockett's uh, records-keeping division, and the argument was made the hunters were having struggling with why it was not fair chase and the argument was that you you do not have to put any scent down at all you don't make the animal aware of your presence at all if you are receiving cell phone images from a camera that's been soaking in the woods for months and it gives an unfair advantage to the hunter and i I got to tell you, I tend to agree with that, but at the same time, I think that at some point, just like the 80% let off on the compound bows, right. I think at some point, I, I hate to say this, but I think Boone and Crockett and Pope and Young may succumb to some type of pressure, or as in the case with the velvet bucks, and this is another topic, most hunters don't realize that now there is a separate category in the Pope and Young record book for velvet bucks. 
you can enter a 125-inch velvet bucket, the Pope and Young uh, organization now, but it's a separate classification, right. which you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But um, anyway, that I hope that clears it up a little bit. It's a, it's an ongoing debate. It's you know like not as heated as Trump versus Clinton, but it's it's pretty it's pretty hot topic. No, I, and I, I know it hurts a lot. Of, I, I, it hurts a lot of people's feelings because if you watch YouTube any length of time right now at all while you're waiting for deer season to open, right? seems like everybody and their brother is got has got some big trophy buck on 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 cell camera. Sure. Sure. No, I think that, I think it's a valid point. And what I was all I was saying was I don't understand I think there needs to be some time parameters. Because if I got a if I got a picture last year, that doesn't really give me an advantage this year, other than I know it's there. That and that's all I was saying. I could see the same day or even the same season, um, but not. I don't understand. Well, I don't even know. I'd say same season, but I mean, I, I would, that is an interesting discussion. I'm gonna follow up and and do a little bit of research because I do think it's a great discussion. Well, I I really think it's it's kind of like the argument is kind of like the the NRA uh, argument. I, I I truly believe that no reasonable human being would ever think that they needed a, a semi-automatic weapon with anything more than 15 bullets in it. I just don't think that that's... But the NRA is fighting for let's don't put restrictions on this and they're hoping to meet somewhere in the middle. You know, I, I understand that. So I think it's I think it's pretty much the same argument with, with cell phone cameras. You, you've got to got to draw the line somewhere and they just say no they just say no why why not just use an sd card an interesting thing i i will i will say this i don't have a cell phone camera right and for me they've just been too expensive for too long i mean when they came out they were it was nothing to see one for five hundred dollars i mean they were expensive but now they're down around a hundred so i think you're going to see more and more of this technology show up on 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 social media to me, the, the way to use a cell phone camera is to is to simply put put the uh, put the camera out in, in the area that you want to hunt. And when the does start showing up with great frequency, you know what's coming behind them in, in just a few weeks or, sure. or or days. Sure. Turn the service off. Right. Just turn the service off. At that point, that that cell that cell phone camera becomes a simple SD card camera. Right. The way I understand the way they work. Right. So so now anything that shows up and you go in there and check the morning that you're going to hunt on November the 7th or, or 18th, if you're hunting in this area, that, that deer is eligible. One more thing, I'll let you go. I know you've got other callers. Right. Yes. The, the deer herd, it's, it's, a, it's a well-known fact. I think among biologists, I've talked to Ben Layton many times, but and I actually have a degree in wildlife biology. But anyway, it's a well-known fact that hunters are not going to, they're not going to control the population of deer. That's not what we do. We help that. Right. And we transfer some of the natural mortality and carp death in, into the freezer. That's what we do. But hunters, by and large, alone, are not gonna, they're not going to stabilize deer herd. But Mother Nature will. And with the drought that we've got now yep. and the overpopulation of deer that we've got in places in Hamilton County and other places, DHD is going to take its toll. Yes, it is. There's going to be cycles. Yeah. So, right. so, I don't think we have to worry about the deer herd not, 
not becoming stable. I think it's going to become stable. And sure. the, the last caller that said trophy hunting is the, basically he said don't, trophy hunting is the bane of whitetail management. He's absolutely spot on. That yep. is absolutely right. Richard, i got to go, man. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Where's he been? He's a great caller. No doubt. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors wrapping it up this first hour. Great morning. A lot of callers. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. David, Richard. Um, who was the other one? My mind just went blank. Was it Kevin? I think so. Yeah. Uh, all right. Today, tonight, Quail Forever Banquet, Highland Sportsman Club. Doors open at 530. Uh, we have a few seats left. If you want to go, give me a call. 423-567-4801. 567-4801. Fall flight, the 24th of October, Camp Jordan Arena, uh, 6 to 10 p.m. It's a great time. Get there early. They'll be ready. And then on the 8th of November, the fly fishing film tour at the camp house on MLK. Rob Pratula will be the MC of the event, and it is always an awesome event. Go check it out. So there's your calendar. You're up to date. We're done. First hour in the can. When we come back the next hour, what are we going to talk about? Uh, Since we haven't hit your show prep yet. Well, I'm pretty sure we'll he- head back to the current deer season, probably. There you go. Tony Center's Outdoors will be right back. Don't stop that podcast now. That's only one half of the show. We'll be right back with the second half of Tony Sanders Outdoors. Tighten your life vests, strap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Welcome back. Hour number two. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Hanging with you on this Saturday morning opening day of deer season in the great state of Tennessee. It's also Quail Forever Banquet tonight at Highland Sportsman Club. That's going to be a fun event. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, small event compared to events that I'm in usually working with, but it's a, not the first, but it's the first one in, in a while. Yeah. And uh, so we're trying to get this chapter reestablished and uh, Chris Wilmore has done an outstanding job getting it going, and his persistence is going to pay off with um, a crowd tonight coming into to the banquet. And hopefully, you know, this whole 
uh, organization will help reestablish the quail because I haven't heard a quail sing in years. Used to hear them all the time, but got a message on our Facebook page from Jake Davis. He says that the Tennessee Bass Nation High School Youth Tournament is going out of Dale Hollow today. 210 boats on the water full of high school students, and there are lots of teams from Ray County, Saudi Daisy, and Whitwell. So our local guys make us proud out there on Dale Hollow today. Good luck to you. Man, Jake has done an awesome job with this high school Oh, gosh, yes, he has. Uh, uh, Do you remember Jake came down and fished the Sportsman's Warehouse Tournament with me. It was either the Sportsman's or UTC. I don't remember which. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jake is a retired Air Force. Great guy. He came down and, and we went fishing. Uh, I, I drug the boat down as usual. But <laughs> uh, You were there. You were but there. That was, that was uh, you know, he was, uh, I met him basically through the show. and mm-hmm. uh, Super guy. And asked him if he wanted to come fish. He did. And we went and had a good time. Good deal. Good good guy. And uh, he was actually at the commission meeting the other day. He shows up quite often. And But what he's doing with the high school fishing is, is amazing. Very, very, very much a uh, an advocate for those young people out there on the water. And it's great to see the youth getting out on the water and away from the electronic devices. So. Sure. Which is what we talked about the first hour. Yep. Trying to dovetail that whole thing together. Ah, I mean, you're just you're a professional. Yeah. Um, so deer season opening today. Mm-hmm. Get out there and and sling some some sticks at the at the deer. Try to hit the deer. That'd be more important. Yeah. That would be yeah, especially with an arrow. Yeah, try and hit them. In, you know. You know, that's the the one thing I think about with about archery. Uh, I think they're really very good hunters. Number one, they have to to get close enough to a deer. The only thing that concerns me is that, well, TV stuff concerns me. When I see guys out there taking 65, 70-yard shots with uh, archery stuff, uh, that's just, that's on the borderline. Yeah. And, and again, for whitetail, when I went to uh, Colorado, I was was ready for a 70-yard shot in an elk. Okay, but elk are much bigger. Huge difference. Much bigger target. And obviously, you know, longer distances, but still, that's, you right. know, so you wouldn't probably take a 110-yard shot at an elk. No. Again, that's, you know, we're not reenacting the Battle of Hastings where we're trying to launch arrows into a castle or Archers, something. Archers, launch! <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, be out there, be careful. Wear your safety vest. Wear, Wear your, your safety vest. Wear your harness. Wear your safety vest. Yeah, not your orange vest. I'm talking about yeah. your safety vest. Fall yeah. restraint vest. Yes, the one that keeps you from killing yourself when you fall out of a tree. Or fall asleep in a tree. Not that I've ever fallen asleep in a deer I'm, stand. I'm telling you what, there's no much better place to sleep than in a deer stand. So I, the only problem is I wake up and then I have to figure out where I am and orange. what I'm doing. That's always freaks That's me out. That's why you wear your safety vest. Yeah, when I look down, I'm, oh, I'm orange. Must be hunting season. Okay. <laughs> All right, so what's happening? Uh, we've got, uh, well, I don't know where you want to go. You want to stay local and uh, maybe talk about the... We, we can talk about the EHD okay. if you want to. Uh, there has been an increase uh, in EHD, which is uh, hemorrhagic disease, which is not which is not chronic wasting disease. It is totally different. We're, uh, get, we're getting worn out, phone calls. 
Do what now? We're getting worn out with phone calls. Oh, TWRA is? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Hemorrhagic disease occurs uh, in whitetails almost every year in Tennessee at varying levels of severity. So far this year, the reports are predominantly coming from Middle Tennessee based on the volume of reports. Last year it was East Tennessee, Roan County. Correct. Right off the road, they were getting hammered. Correct. Uh, The virus is spread by the noceums, the biting midges, and unlike uh, chronic wasting disease, it is not transmitted by deer-to-deer contact. This the e- EHDV virus causes respiratory dist- distress, swelling of the neck or tongue. Not all deer exposed to the virus will die, but those that usually do so die within three to ten days of exposure near water. They were trying to cool their bodies from the fever. So that's if, where a lot of If you find are. a deer that is dead around water or in the water, that's more than likely EHD. Correct. Uh, because they're, like you said... They're, they have a fever they're running, and they're actually trying to cool down. Uh, it, and we get we get calls all the time, and it's all over Facebook, too. Yeah. Deer in the water and stuff. Yes, it's EHD. Uh, and no, TWRA is not going to come out for every one of them. Uh, I see people saying, well, T- TWRA needs to do something. Well, again, uh, as, as Richard said a few minutes ago, the hunters are part of the equation. They're not the whole equation. Right. Mother Nature takes care of the rest of it. Right. And she's pretty darn good at what she does. And, yes, there will be some uh, thinning of the herd through EHD. This will continue until we get uh, basically the first frost. Correct. That's when it ended in East Tennessee last year. That first hard, good frost that killed off a lot of these biting midges um, pretty much took care of it. Yes. So... Uh, we've, we've had it. Uh, it is not uncommon. Unfortunately, it's very, very prominent in droughts. And what are we in right now? A drought. It sure seems like it's a drought. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty sure we are in a drought. I looked at a weather forecast the other day and said we were in drought conditions. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, uh, as I said, first hour, uh, young men were going to come and cut my grass. I'm like, uh, no, there's nothing to cut. Mm-hmm. It's just brown. Uh, reports are coming in to TWA, uh, and they continue to monitor the situation. If hunters of the public find a sick or dead deer, they are encouraged to report it to their local TWA office. That doesn't mean they will come out and look at it, but this gives TWA some good, valuable sure. information to use. So, anyway. All right. So that's EHD. CWD is, is, is being monitored, and uh, you you need to get, uh, I think it's C-W-D-I-N-T-N uh, is the website. And that way you can uh, stay up on the C-W-D. I believe you are correct. And uh, the counties are right now primarily out in West Tennessee on the Mississippi. No, 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 no. Don't say primarily. They are. Okay. They the west, are. South west corner of tennessee correct that's the only place it is uh again we get i mean there was somebody posted last night well here's cwd in in whatever no it's not it's not it's they're all in west tennessee now is it going to expand probably but that's what we're uh what we're trying to do and the more information that twa can get twa can gather the better i mean we're being recognized for our cwd efforts um, we're 
the one thing that's kind of interesting, uh, Dr. Grove, who is um, wildlife biologist, uh, is the only person that's ever been in two states with a breakout. Hmm. He's very, very knowledgeable um, and has been uh, invaluable in his help in, as far as what we're doing and how we're doing it. And I mean, I will. I'll give them. I'll. I'll give them more credit where credit's due. TWA had a plan in place for CWD years before he got here because they yeah. knew it was moving this way. They had. They already had a plan. They implemented the plan, and it's a good plan. They didn't have to play catch up. They were well ahead of this on the get go. So well done on that, TWA. So did we talk about Asian carp last week? We did not. Commercial fishing. Uh, talked a little bit about it, but not. I, I think we mentioned it in passing. There was a, you know, we had Richard in last week, so we didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about it. Um, there was, uh, we, we've we made some changes to the regulations, and all of this has to do around Asian carp and trying to fight the Asian carp. Uh, there's some bait restrictions and moving things like that. But one of the things we did is we, we basically gave the commercial fishermen during April and May, which is the spawning season for game fish, uh, 12 hours a day to, to fish from 6 p.m. to 6 Mm -hmm. a.m. to fish. And that was kind of working with trying to get the the, um, uh, commercial fishermen and the uh, sport fishermen equal time to get out there on the water and and not worry about messing up the nets of the commercial fishermen or getting in the way of the the sport fishermen. So, and this is mainly in, in... the West Tennessee area where they're fishing for uh, Asian carp, mm-hmm. you know, netting Asian carp. You don't just catch Asian carp. So uh, that's uh, that was a uh, that was a, a, a in my mind a pretty good compromise to get there, and everybody seemed not unhappy. Right, and, um, and and there again, it was a compromise, which is great. Not everybody didn't get everything they wanted, but everybody agreed to what right. they got. So right. that that's again put that in the win-win-win column. Yep. Uh, the other thing, I don't know if you saw this news or not, but there has been $14 million allocated to the fight on Asian carp by the U.S. government. I had not seen that, and I'm glad to hear that. Uh, Senator Alexander was involved. Uh, Mike Butler from NWTF was very involved in that. And it covers a lot of the our area, Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama, Mississippi, um, and how it's going to be used, and I, you know, I don't know. I believe, uh, like I said, it's fourteen million dollars that was brought in. Hopefully, they can get some research, like on these, like uh, do more research on these preventions at the dams and locks. To you know, w- whether electricity or sound, which one's going to work better? I know they're doing testing on several of them. So, well, we're actually beginning the installation of the sound stuff at Barkley Dam uh, this week, I believe. It's going to take about three weeks to install it. Uh, so anyway. We shall see. Hopefully they can monitor that and find out if it, how well it's working. And Here, I'll, I'll read this real quick before the break. Um, I hope if I can. What is the deal? Why is Wi-Fi so slow? Senator Lamar Alexander's office announced that a $14 million package to fight invasive Asian carp across southeast is one step closer to being a reality. All that remains is a full sense vote on the federal budget. Ah. Okay, uh-huh. maybe I'm a little premature. <laughs> uh, TWF has played a critical leadership role in securing the appropriation. 
Um, the Federation brought together stakeholders and legislators from across the southeast to send a unified message that federal assistance is needed to fight this species. Michael Butler, uh, I'm trying to get him on the phone, but uh, with us maybe next week. Okay, cool. All right, we're going to go pay a bill. Tony Sanders Outdoors, we'll be right back. Watching all my hunting videos She's been itching, she's been begging She's been wanting to go I said you gotta get up early And honey, you ain't gonna like it Cause you can't pee And you gotta be quiet Sportsman's Warehouse has always supported The Chattanooga community and all the local Conservation groups, wild game dinners Youth events and much, much more Please go and see them today at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway Because whatever you need, whether it's camping, fishing Hiking or hunting Whatever you need for your outdoor adventures, you can get it at Sportsman's Warehouse. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Check them out at sportsmans.com. Sportsman's Warehouse, located at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Ladies Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Babies have years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. My name is Tony. I have a problem. Hi, Tony. (laughs) I have a problem with firearms. I have a buying compulsion. Admission of the problem is the first step, so thank thank you very much. We're glad you're here today. Oh, goodness. I was was just scrolling through. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, I forgot I was doing a commercial. Ooh, wait a minute. What is that? Uh, oh, speaking of which, I just got my shotgun back, and uh, I'm ready for crane season. So, oh, did you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were going to tell me about. That. Yeah, I got the uh, the rib was just a little little bit bent. Um, and the I got rib? yeah, the rib had just a little bend yeah. in it where like somebody had uh, dropped it. Well, leaned it up against something, or it fell and yeah. hit something. The front bead was gone, and I was having a little problem with the cycling, and took it down and got it fixed, got it all repaired, and I am ready for crane season awesome. this, this year. I even got a new choke for it, so I've got that uh, steel f- super full choke. So hopefully, I'll be able to drop some more cranes this year. And this is on your Stoger, right? Correct, correct. Because last year, I noticed everybody in the blind except me had a semi-automatic, and they were uh, not quite as punished as I was at the end of the day with a pump. I mean, I did okay with a pump. Don't get me wrong. I can, I can, I can cycle a pump pretty quick, but it's probably a little bit quicker. Semi-automatic's to, a little bit easier. Yeah, they were going boom, 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 and I was on still on my second shot, you know, lining up. So. Um, that was a pretty good find we had on, on that gun, isn't it? Yes, yes, that was a good find. That one, and I, I'll tell you, my next purchase, though, I still want one. I want an over and under. I've always wanted an over and under. And I'm going to save up my radio money and get... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, it was. I couldn't do it with a straight face either. I'm going to save up my radio money and uh, part of my paycheck from work and go... <laughs> let, me, let me rephrase that. Most of my paycheck from work and the radio money. <laughs> And go out and get a uh, over and under here, in the, uh, hopefully in the near future. Because I let me encourage you. Mm-hmm. 
16 gauge. <laughs> okay, well, you know, that's an option. It's not going to be a 20 gauge, I can tell you that. Okay. Uh, all of mine are 12. I don't have a 16 gauge, so that might not be a bad that might not be a bad thing. So, I, hadn't even, I hadn't even considered it. Well, I'm I'm telling you, it is a it's a cool round. Yeah. Is it nostalgic? Yeah. It yeah. Is. But here's the deal: you can shoot skeet with it. You can shoot competition skeet. You just shoot in the twelve gauge category. Right. All right. Um, of course, if you're shooting a competition skeet, then you're going to have to buy twenty, four ten, and twenty eight anyway. Correct. So. You know, you're not going to do it anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, you've seen me shoot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they actually, you, you know, you, the only time you would be limited, per se, would be uh, maybe in a duck blind if you're using three, three-and-a-half-inch shells. I don't like three-and-a-halves. They're very punishing. Uh, I shoot them only for turkey season, but that's it. Yeah, I don't. I, duck but, blinds, I'll shoot threes. That's what I use. Uh, they don't make threes for 16s. They do make steel shot or bismuth, both for 16. Uh, you've, but you've got other guns. It's not like you are you don't have a gun. Right. So you could actually take your uh, your 12-gauge semi-automatic to the duck line or the whatever. You right. You don't have to worry about that. So I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm on a kick. All right. I'm not, the, I'm, I'm not crazy. No. But I'm on a kick. I really do like the 16-gauges, and there's some interesting 16-gauges out there. I never even considered it, and, and, I, and I still say to this day, I don't know why 16-gauge fell out of favor. It's a great intermediate between 20 and 12. It, it's perfect. I'll tell you what it's perfect for, upland bird. It is perfect for upland bird. You don't get as much shot out there, and, you know, the 12-gauge is sometimes overkill. The 20-gauge sometimes isn't enough oomph. 16-gauge is perfect. You know, it, it fell out of favor because... Um, you know, you had the the skeet competition, which recognizes 12, 20, 28, and 410s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that kind of became part of the issue. And you had other issues, and it did. They didn't uh, because of the. Um, they didn't expand, and it's really the three inch shells really kind of what killed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it, there's there are times when you want the three inch and the twelve gauge to get more lead out there. I get that. But most of the time you don't. And if you know how to shoot, you really don't have to worry about it. So there you go. Well, there's the case. You have to know how to shoot. So I'm getting better, though. Uh-oh. 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 What? Uh-oh. What? Flash alert. Flash alert mm-hmm. from uh, Carl at Sportsman's Warehouse. We have a Browning Satori over and under in 16-gauge waiting for you at Sportsman's Warehouse. They've got over 8,000 guns available. I am not surprised they have a 16 16- gauge over and under i'm why that's not surprising <laughs> um ooh, satori over and under i'll look that one up. let me tell you i told you i asked the question the other day on facebook to the 16 gauge society mm-hmm. many 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 people reference the browning satori 16 gauge now the one thing you gotta be careful of on 16 gauge is people go out and they will they will make a 16 gauge on like a 12 gauge frame well that's not what you want you want a true gun that's built as a 16-gauge, and the Browning Satori is. I'm looking one up right now. <laughs> oh, that's a good-looking gun. And you know what they have as sportsmen's? Layaway. Oh, goodness gracious. They better, because that's, that, that's some serious radio money. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I didn't say this was an easy sport to get into. Well, no. I mean, and I mean, I'm, if I'm going to buy a, an overnight, I'm going to buy a decent one. I'm not going to buy, a, you know, the, the one that goes for $9,999 because I'd have to be in radio as long as you've been in radio for, to do that. <laughs> yeah, the radio money's not that good. Yeah. Uh, That's a good look. That gun. is a pretty gun. Oh, They're man. lightweight. Look at the weight. Six pounds, two ounces. 26-inch barrel, 16 gauge. Yep. There you go, man. Mm, Good-looking gun. Isn't this International Buy Your Husband a Gun Month? It is. Okay, just checking because I want to make sure of that. I got that on, on, on tape now. Yeah, you can take it home and play it for Deborah, and, and she'll laugh at you. Yeah, pretty much. Isn't that a pretty gun, though? That is a pretty gun. And they have one at Sportsman's Warehouse. I could go back to shooting left-handed again. You could. Couldn't see down the barrel, but I could go back to shooting left-handed. I, I was going to say, it wouldn't help you, but no, you can do it. Probably hurt me more, because now, with the change of the sight that you've learned how to shoot right-handed, that's why I'm such a bad shot. I want to shoulder the gun left-handed, but being cross-dominant. <laughs> I've been waiting for you to shoulder it on your nose. <laughs> well, you saw me that one day when we were crane hunting. I looked like, a you know, just a... I was out there, quick crane! I... Shot it up left hand, and I'm like, where, what? And then I tried to get it around right hand, and by the time I got it to my right shoulder, they were gone. That And you were sitting over there just doubled over laughing at me. because I, I Well, it was hilarious. I'm sure it was hilarious. I don't know how funny it was, but I probably looked like, you know, I was like trying to twirl a baton or something out there. Cause I will laugh at myself on that one because I, I automatically went left-handed because you said, quick, quick. And I went left-handed, and I'm like, no, wrong side. Get right side. Just. Just we'll get you a, a pad right on your center of your chest. You can just put the gun right there and break your sternum when you fire. That'll be that'll work. Maybe a sixteen gauge would be better. Less less sternal damage. Uh, I tell you what, though, I highly, I, it is actually making a comeback. Uh, yeah, I was a little worried about because uh, you used to couldn't find shells for it. Now you can find them. Uh, you used to could only find shells in like South Dakota, North Dakota, Kansas, Nebraska, right? Because right. it's a good pheasant pheasant load, right? But now. You can find them pretty much anywhere. I'm not you too can. worried about that now. But it, prior to that, I probably wouldn't have got one because of the limiting uh, factor. Well, of but it, it is it's truly uh, – there, I'm going to invite you to a page that I am on in, on Facebook. Okay. It's called 16 Gauge Society. Oh, okay. And it is uh, – it's really, it's, it's really kind of cool and, and to watch the stories and stuff. Uh, I've, I've really I, – I really, really do like the gauge. That's just me. I'm old school. I'm old. Whatever. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Since Tony Sanders Outdoors came on the air, Sportsman's Warehouse has been one of our premier sponsors as they were the first and longest lasting large retailer in our area. They are your one-stop source for hunting and fishing equipment, firearms and supplies, camping, boating, outdoor clothing, and so much more. There are two differences about Sportsman's Warehouse, their people, and their support of the conservation efforts that matter to you. No other retailer in our area supports locally like Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors, Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. 
Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty's Fertilizer. It sits above the mantle on a couple rusty nails, and it's worth a bunch Welcome of back. money. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Damn sure ain't for sale. Talking about the Granddaddy 16 gauge. Is it? No, Granddaddy's gun. Well, Granddaddy probably had a 16 gauge. Uh, Kyle's Granddaddy did. That'd be my father. Yeah, I got, I got, I can do the math. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> That's the one that where the stock broke umpteen million times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But not was it an over and under? No, it was a side by side. Oh, side by side. Okay. Um, over and unders are are you know those are really in my mind a very modern uh, firearm. Yeah. Side by side is. And I love to. I love to. Go in, in hunter education, I'll take in a, a side-by-side. Mm-hmm. I say, all right, so how many people want a side-by-side? You know, nobody raises their hand. How many people want a yeah, You know the difference is? And I just turn again sideways. Yep. It's the same <laughs> gun. Uh, I like shooting a side-by-side. The The one thing that you get with an over and under is the muzzle muzzle bounce will change. Yeah. Uh, it'll be more up and down. Than, but I like a side-by-side a lot. Uh, that little Charles Daly I bought for Hunter is an awesome firearm. Mm-hmm. Love to love to quail hunt with that little twenty gauge. I couldn't hit squat with it the time you let me shoot it at well, the that range. Was, that was the shooter, not the sh- the gun. True. So I don't know. Maybe it was yeah. Maybe it was just user error. Um, so you got a Browning. Uh, Frankie makes a sixteen gauge. Stevens makes a sixteen gauge over and under. There's a lot of there's a it's 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 making a comeback. We're putting the band back together. <laughs> Come to the dark side. Come to the dark side of sixteen gauge. Uh, you want to talk about what do you want to talk about here? Uh, you want to talk about that? I don't think it's a news story. We can mention it, but why? Well, it was no. It was. Not, I'm not going to waste our listeners' okay. times. They're too smart for that crap. Okay, fair enough. It would, oh, I guess we got to say it now, right? Right. Well, apparently alligators and cougars are expanding their territory, if you didn't know. Duh. Well, this came, this came out in a press release this week, so I'm just saying. No, it came out because somebody in Knoxville, some person in Knoxville, got our hunting guide where we talk about it. Oh. There hasn't been a cougar sighted, and I'm talking four-legged kind. There hasn't been a, <laughs> a cougar sighting in three years in the state of Tennessee. Alligators have expanded up into the Memphis area, the southwest area of the state. It's not news. It's just not. Uh, but this people, somebody out of Knoxville wrote a story, and some guy posted it, and it just kind of blew up. All right. All right. Okay. So this is why TWA made that statement. Okay. That makes a lot more sense now that I've got all the context. It's just, I mean, it. And it is illegal to hunt them 
Okay? Well, some idiots. People, people on people, some people on Facebook should not be on Facebook. I agree with that. Uh, well, by God, I'll shoot them. Okay, shoot them and then get arrested. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Take your hunting away from me. <laughs> and I, I had somebody, I, I, I did a presentation, and the guy immediately tells me about killing steaks. I said, stop. Stop telling me. Mm-hmm. Well, I was in fear for my life. Yeah, whatever. Quit telling me. Yeah, you know, I think I could pretty much outrun a snake. I'm pretty sure I could. Anyway. All right. Where are we going? Uh, well, we you got an, another idiot. What is wrong with people? Uh, people are like sheep and they're stupid. Don't insult sheep like that. <laughs> we got two tourists who were arrested at well, Yellowstone National. Doesn't, doesn't cotton come from? No, no, I mean wool come from sheep. Yes. So they keep you warm. Yes. Why are you calling them stupid? Well, I I don't know. I've always wondered why sheep don't shrink when it rains. Because there's wool. Just anyway. Don't. Uh, two tourists were arrested at Yellowstone National Park's Old Faithful Geyser for thermal trespassing. Two men are in hot water for getting too close. Oh, good Lord. Is that in the article? Yes, I'm reading it word for word. Two men are in hot water for getting too close to the hot water at Old Faithful. Did you write this article? No, I did not. Okay. They consulted with me on the puns, though. Uh, They have been charged with thermal trespassing. Two men were caught dangerously close to the spout of the legendary geyser and taking... Photos with their cell phones down into the geyser. Uh, these people, uh, when I told you how to survive Yellowstone National Park. There's two things. Do, it was just two. It was just two things. Yeah. Don't, don't mess with any animal. If you see an elk, leave it alone. If you see a buffalo, leave it alone. Pretty simple. Leave it alone. And the other one was don't drink out of the geysers. These idiots were trying to drink out of the geysers. Were they really? No, they were trying to shoot selfies down into the geysers when it was off. Do they not realize that that crusty thing that they're standing on could give away? Apparently not. And this, we get we get people that die. All all that survives is like cameras. Yeah. With a bad photo of them, and you know, a okay. geyser coming up in the background. The, the problem is they were trying to get a picture down the geyser. This is not. It is. It is old faithful because it erupts. Almost on time, but not. It is not. You can't set your watch by it. It could go off early. This is a thermal area. This is hot water, right? Yes, this is exceptionally hot water. Is it boiling? Oh, well above boiling. Well above boiling. Um, it says here, as noted by travel and leisure, the geyser erupts boiling hot water every hour or so. So we don't have a specific time. Every hour or so can be twice well, an hour. It's almost old faithful. Yeah. Uh, shooting out water around 3,700 gallons as high as 184 feet during an eruption. The hot water is about 204 degrees Fahrenheit, with steam scorching up to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Let's go I get thought, close I to that. Boiling was 212. It is. Then it's not boiling water. Well, the water, some of the water coming out may not be boiling, but the steam coming up that is so hot already, it's reached its boiling point and has changed into steam. It's boiled. Yeah, it has boiled and has now become a vapor at 350 degrees plus. So, yeah, let's go get close to that. We don't know when it's going to go off, and let's stick our cell phone down the hole and get real close to it and see what happens. Well, we had the story two years ago where the guy, where the, the, the ground gave away. Yeah. He fell into the geyser. Right, and that's it. He was gone. There wasn't much left of him. 
They couldn't find it, hardly anything. Yeah, I don't think they found anything. That, uh, folks, use common sense, and this is not common sense. And this is animals at, at a national park, they are not tame. Stay away from them. Oh, come on, really? I can't pet them? I, I guarantee you we're probably going to have some other idiot doing something stupid at one of our national parks within the next before hunting season because the rut's coming up, and I guarantee you some of these elk that you see out in Yellowstone and out west, people are going to go, oh, look at the pretty Speaking elk. Of that, did you see the story yesterday about the elk that attacked somebody at Estes Park, Colorado? Yeah. Um, they got too close, and it... No, 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 no. It was in a park. I, I mean, it was not It was not in the wild. Right. It was actually on, on, on a sidewalk. Right. It came up. And, and they, they were, give them credit, they weren't even paying attention to it. It came up from behind them. Right. And, but it was, it, was not, it was not happy. No. And just think when they get a lot more testosterone built up, they're going to be a lot less. A lot more ornery? A lot more ornery and a lot less happy. So. so there you go. I can't believe some of these idiots that do this stuff. I, I just, I, I can't anymore. I'm over it. Uh, we just got a text. Somebody said sometimes the gene pool needs to be cleansed. We need to pour some bleach in the gene pool is what we need to do. <laughs> the Darwin Awards. <laughs> Jeez, oh, Pete. <laughs> anyway, but you know what the good news is? Now, where's Yellowstone? Uh, Wyoming, northwest corner. Okay. Um, most of the stupid idiots outdoors comes from there. You know what that means? What's that? They're not here. True. They're there. True. Although we did have that one guy that in, um, uh, shoot, the uh, Smoky Mountains National Park, the, the Loop place, Kate's Cove. Kate's Cove, yeah. Cove with the elk, and he sat there and let the elk rub or like rub his antlers on him, and he kind of got involved with the elk there. I remember that a few years ago, and they had to put down the elk. And then, we, of course, we did have the guy that tried to herd the bear. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what an idiot. Okay. So we do have a few here, too. Unreal. All right. Believe it or not, we're at the last break of the morning. Can you believe that? This show has gone really fast. It really has. Uh, lots of colors first hour and none the second. What did you do to make everybody mad? I don't know. I must have upset somebody somewhere. So, What did you say? What did you say that upset them? I don't know. It must have been, you know, we didn't talk about fishing the second hour. That must be it. We, we, we left did we out our fishing. fishing the first hour? No. Okay. We didn't, we didn't show any love to our fishing people, so I, they uh, may not be calling in. We'll be right back. I can still hear his voice when I put it to my shoulder. Guns like a woman, son, it's all how you... If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Since Tony Sanders Outdoors came on the air, Sportsman's Warehouse has been one of our premier sponsors as they were the first and longest-lasting large retailer in our area. They are your one-stop source for hunting and fishing equipment, firearms and supplies, camping, boating, outdoor clothing, and so much more. There are two differences about Sportsman's Warehouse, their people, and their support of the conservation efforts that matter to you. No other retailer in our area supports locally like Sportsman's Warehouse. 
Great indoors for those who love the great outdoors Highway 153 and Lee Highway. One of your biggest challenges in retirement is generating income. Learn five simple ways that you can boost your income that are often ignored. Don't miss One Family Financial, Saturday at noon on Talk Radio 102.3 FM, The Talk Monster. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors wrapping it up. Completely done. Put a fork in it. It's over. Man, it's going by fast. Are you looking up 16-gauge ammo? I am. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. No, I'm just checking. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's, my, it's my deal. Well, yeah. I mean, my wife looks at my Facebook feed occasionally. She'll I'll, I'll show her something. She'll scroll. She goes, yours is basically just fish. I was like, yeah, well, you know, because everybody I know is holding up a fish they caught or some sort of fish joke and, uh, you know, a few deer pictures. So, Yes. Our friends at Sportsman's carry 16-gauge ammo. I was just looking at just looking at different kinds of ammo that's out there. Hmm. So there we go. I'm through. Is your 16-gauge a uh, Browning humpback? It is. Okay. It is. Just that, side-by-side. I don't shoot. Yeah, but I'm on. I'm on the search for more. Sounds good. Yeah. Awesome quail gun. Yes, often pheasant. Awesome pheasant. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Hey, speaking of quail, mm-hmm. quail forever tonight. And you know who's helping us? Who's that? Sportsman's Warehouse. Oh, good. Again, stepping up, handling the guns. We don't have many guns, but they're handling them for us. Don't have uh, they? They've given us some stuff to to give away. It's it's awesome. It's at Highland Sportsman Club tonight. Uh, doors open at five thirty. If you uh, have an interest, you can call me at five six seven forty eight zero one five six seven forty eight zero one and see if uh, we have any tickets left. I think there's a few. Uh, I think there's like six. I overbought for six people, so there's a few seats left. Would love to have you come out there. Uh, and then DU's fall flight happening on the 24th of October. It's a Thursday evening at Camp Jordan Arena in East Ridge. Uh, they moved out there a couple of years ago. It's a great place to go and uh, and, and check it out. Uh, check out a great event. That's that's an awesome event. Uh, you ought to go. It is. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I've I've always enjoyed that one. Food was great last year, and it looks like it's going to be great again this year. Yeah, it's coming from Stir. Cool. So. It will be good. Uh, and then uh, the Fly Fishing Film Tour. Now, I am giving calendar updates for November. Yep. Pretty soon it'll be banquet season again. Oh, wow. Fly Fishing Film Tour at the Camp House at 149 East Martin Luther King Boulevard there in Chattanooga, 7 to 10 p.m. Uh, I think those are suggestions because it never ends that early. Um, <laughs> but check it out. Uh, you're going to be emceeing again this year? I am. It's a, It's I'm telling you what, you want to see some cool 
fishing videos, all of them 10, 12 minutes long, uh, that's the place to be. And there is a preview available at flyfishingfilmtour.com. You can check out the hype film for it. So, I'm telling you, it, it's, it's unreal. I mean, from fishing down in the Caribbean to fishing in small rivers here to Russian fishing, it's just awesome. And these are not, this isn't Rob and Tony out there with a, a GoPro. These are, these are productions. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're really something else. That's on uh, November 8th. Got to be there for that. Make sure I have a ticket. Wait, I know they don't let me on the stage anymore. I will set you up with a VIP ticket. I, I can swing that. Sweet. All right, man, we're done. Hope to see you tonight at the Quail Forever Banquet. Anything else? Wear, wear your safety harness. Wear your life jacket. Be safe out there today, but have a lot of fun, folks. All right. Tony Sanders Outdoors. See you next week. You have been listening to a podcast of the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Please subscribe to our service to get updated shows weekly throughout the year. Like us on all the social medias to keep up with what's going on on Tony Sanders Outdoors.